Morning. Welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily series from 8.30am to 9am to help small businesses. If you have any questions, ask them in the comments of the live feed. And if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. And during the live session, we'll be running a poll. So please do engage with that and I'll reveal the results at the end. Uh, if you're on TikTok, check out the uh, Be Your Own Boss competition. Pitch a new business idea and you could win investment, mentorship and business advice to make uh, help your business a reality. And the investment pot is now up to £10,000 thanks to Go Cardless, adding more into the initial pot from the Purposeful Project. Tomorrow is the last day to enter, so be quick. Tag hashtag Be Your Own Boss to enter. So my name is Clive Rich, and we're here to talk about the secrets of negotiation. Uh, so I've been a negotiator now for uh, over 30 years. Uh, I've uh, negotiated for and with uh, the likes of um, Sony and Bertelsmann and Warner and um, uh, Apple, uh, Microsoft, uh, the BBC, the Royal Opera House, uh, Tesco, Vodafone. And I did the uh, negotiations of Simon Cowell Psycho for uh, a number of years. So I've done a lot of negotiation uh, all over the world. Uh, I've negotiated uh, not just in the UK and Europe, but in um, uh, China and uh, Iran and uh, Pakistan. I've written a book all about negotiation called The Yes Book, which is uh, available in Random House. And uh, I designed an app for negotiation called uh, Close My Deal. So uh, I find with negotiation that um, the problem is that uh, no one ever works with a framework. Uh, they tend to negotiate by instinct. Uh, they tend to uh, uh, make it up as they go along. Uh, or perhaps they uh, just uh, follow someone else's lead, maybe their boss or their manager or someone they've uh, watched on the television like uh, Alan Sugar, and they assume that's the way to do it. And the problem with that is that... Um, uh, when it doesn't work, they have no idea why it didn't work. And when it works, they don't know why that happened either. So they tend to sort of go through life uh, not quite getting what they want from their deal making and uh, wondering what they could have done to have made a difference. And these differences add up to quite a lot. Uh, so when I was writing the Yes book, um, we did some research with YouGov and the Centre for um, economics and business research, and it showed that uh, UK PLC loses 18 billion a year through poor negotiation. So that's the equivalent of nine million pounds an hour. So by the time we finish this session uh, on QuickBooks, um, uh, Britain will have lost another nine million pounds. So this is an important thing, and it's particularly the case, uh, I think, that uh, SMEs struggle with negotiation, uh, often in too much of a hurry to uh, get the deals done, often grateful just to get the deals done rather than to um, optimise the outcomes. Now, I'm just going to pause there a moment because uh, I also run a, a, a legal service for SMEs called Lawbite, which is democratising the law for SMEs. You can find it at uh, www.lawbite.co.uk. Uh, we have a, a platform that connects SMEs with uh, expert lawyers. Uh, we've dealt with 30,000 inquiries so far. Um, we give everyone a free call uh, with the expert lawyers and uh, generally speaking we use the technology to reduce the price so we're normally half the price or less of uh, the equivalent experienced lawyers so if you've got a legal problems in SME do check out Lawbite. 
Now, back to negotiation. The the issue with negotiation, then, as I said at the beginning, is that people don't really operate with a framework. So my framework um, is really all about um, attitude, uh, process and behaviour. So attitudes are, are to do with the mental mindset with which you approach negotiation and also the uh, mental mindset on the other side. So there tend to be four different uh, attitudes that are prevalent, both for you and other people. Uh, the first is being a user. So these are people who take advantage of other people, who use pressure tactics, um, often quite difficult to deal with. All the negotiation research shows that actually being a user only ever delivers you short-term advantage, normally creates a lot of resentment on the other side, stops you getting deals done, creates a revenge psychology, not recommended. Uh, so there's users, there are losers, of course, who are the opposite. So uh, they come to negotiation thinking that it's going to go terribly, I'm going to lose, um, I'm no good at negotiation. And guess what? Uh, that becomes a predictive uh, mindset and they end up with less of what they want. So don't recommend using or losing. Confusing is uh, another mindset. So this is where people go into the negotiation with the wrong mindset and lots of assumptions um, about uh, what the other side thinks or wants. And um, those assumptions are often uh, entirely misplaced, not rationally based at all, and often just wrong. Uh, thinking the other side wants something that uh, they also want, or there's only three issues to discuss when there might be 23. So don't be a confuser. And the best attitude is being a fuser, who is someone who accepts that um, everybody um, has a contribution to make to the negotiation and uh, you can get better outcomes by fusing the needs of both parties into an optimised deal. Of course, uh, having the right attitude is often a question of confidence, a question of our understanding of bargaining power on both sides. A lot of SMEs in particular think they have no aces in negotiation. Uh, they think that um, all the bargaining power is on the other side. My experience is there are at least 10 aces in any negotiation, uh, including expertise and uh, information and uh, referral power and network power. And they're very rarely arranged 10 nil in favor of anybody. So you've always got more aces than you think. You probably only need one ace in order to uh, level the playing field between you and the other party. So make sure you understand the bargaining power <clears throat> in order to make sure you bring the right attitude to the table. So that's attitude. Uh, process is all about the stages of the negotiation. So most negotiations go through seven stages and uh, that's the same worldwide. And uh, things go wrong when people are at the wrong stage at, uh, uh, at the same time, or um, people um, uh, don't realize what stage they're at. So the seven stages include um, preparation, uh, often neglecting in any uh, uh, deal making. People think it's a waste of time. It's actually critical. Um, climate setting, which is the atmosphere in which the negotiation takes place. You normally have a number of tactical choices to make about the climate you set. Uh, exploring needs. Now, that's not the same as um, asking the other side what they want. So if someone says um, they want £50,000 off you, that's not a need. That's an organisational want. The knack is to find out why they want the £50,000. If you can understand the emotional driver, you might be able to find a way to meet that need without giving them £50,000. Next stage is coinage, which is finding concessions you can make, which can meet a high value emotional need on the other side. Um, 
they're called coinage because they're often feel like low value to you, but they mean a great deal to the other party. So following needs and coinage, that's when we finally get on to the, um, the bidding, making your offers, uh, the bargaining, the haggle uh, and the close. And um, you know, there are techniques associated uh, uh, with each of those stages in the negotiation, in particular with the bidding. Very important to ask what you want, not negotiate with yourself before you start and uh, only give one good reason to support your bid. Um, don't give 20 reasons. People normally stop listening after the first one, and uh, then you've wasted all those other good reasons that you could have used later on. So that's the stages of the negotiation. Um, the, proce the, the process we've talked about, uh, the, the um, attitudes we've talked about, the third, the third point is really to do with their behaviours. So managing your own behaviours in a negotiation and managing the behaviours on uh, the other side. So uh, you don't have to be a psychologist to do this, but you do need to be uh, watchful of what's going on and, and uh, self-aware of what you are doing. Um, I work with a behavioural model which uh, involves 16 different behaviours. They are grouped around uh, four quadrants. So there's I behaviour, which is... Um, all about me in the negotiation, um, stating my expectations or making my proposals with reasons um, or using incentives and pressures to support what I do. Um, there's uh, you behaviour, which is focused on the other side, much softer, listening, uh, disclosing, uh, focusing on common ground. Uh, there is we behaviour, which is all about what we can do together in the negotiation. Um, so that's um, using visualising behaviour um, to set a, a great picture of uh, how well things could go if you could find an outcome together or checking for consensus. And then there's uh, parting behaviour, which is taking your energy out the negotiation, perhaps by use of silence or by um, taking a break, a small break or perhaps a, a longer break. Uh, let's have a break till next week after you've had your board meeting and you've got more information, for example. So um, the thing about behaviours is that most people tend to use the same behaviour every time. Uh, they just rely on their favourites. And uh, this is a mistake because if you think about it, there are 7 billion people in the world and they're all different and they all have different uh, triggers that make them go yes to anything. So um, the, the knack with all of this is to pick the right behaviour for the right person. And to do this, you do have to be watchful of who you're dealing with. Uh, is someone um, risk averse or are they bold? Do they lead with their head or do they lead with their heart? Do they like um, making decisions or do they prefer dwelling in the problem? Um, do they look for what's right about a situation, search for common ground, or are they always looking for the grit in the oyster, the thing that's wrong? And what you do is you work out who you're dealing with. Uh, by effective use of questions and listening, and then you match the right behaviour with that person, work with their energy in order to um, give yourself the best chance of making sure that um, you get them to yes. So there you go. There's a very quick trot through um, attitude, process and behaviour. Um, if you want more, you can go to closemydeal.co.uk or read the yes book or contact me at Clive Rich at uh, clive at lawbike.co.uk so we've got a number of questions and uh, i'm going to try and uh, deal with those uh, for you so this is uh, from kate um, on facebook messenger 
Uh, a lot of the negotiations we do in our business are more like conversations that lead to partnerships. What's your advice of turning those sorts of agreements into something more formal? Well, it, it, conversations uh, tend to start uh, informally, as you as you say, and so they tend to take place in a climate which is uh, rather open and friendly. Um, remember, I talked about climate setting um, uh, during the course of our discussion. And so uh, if, if people are having a warm and friendly discussion, that gives you an opportunity to work with them to get to the next stage. So uh, Q&A is a great uh, technique uh, in these um, uh, open, friendly uh, climate setting uh, moments. So how would you like to formalise a discussion? Um, which people do we need in the room? Um, would you like to reduce some of this to writing? Would you like to go have a go at that? Or would you like me to summarise? Those sorts of questions and answers can sort of move you smoothly and in a friendly way into a sort of more formal setting without disrupting the atmosphere. This is from Shabnam on Twitter uh, DM. When working with several other brands on a big campaign or initiative, what should we be considering to make sure we all get equal footing and protect our own business? That's a great question. So as I said to you earlier, um, it, it's all about understanding the bargaining power. So just because someone's got um, uh, a large market size, it doesn't mean they have all the bargaining power. Of course, it's important, but you may have market power of your own because uh, you control a niche or access to a network or access to a particular good or service. Um, you may also have more information about the marketplace than they do. Uh, you may have experts on your side that uh, they don't have. Maybe you know the sector better than they do. Uh, you may have um, a great uh, network that they covered. Um, so you may be small yourself, but you may be part of a great network, which um, they're very interested in accessing. And you'll also, also always have your personal power as a negotiator. So you always have more um, uh, bargaining power than you think. You only need one ace in order to... Um, uh, make the difference. So uh, when uh, CBS bought uh, Last FM, one of the early music recommendation tools of £350 million, Last FM had no profits, virtually no revenues. What it did have was an installed base of 100 million users. And that's what uh, CBS valued. So you don't need to be enormous and have lots of money in order to have lots of bargaining power. This is Alicia on Instagram DM. <laughs> In my day-to-day -day business, I deal with a lot of orders and customers. Any advice for dealing with difficult or angry customers? I feel like negotiation skills sometimes come into this. So um, when people are complaining, um, one thing you can do is, um, first of all, um, get them to summarise what they're saying. Okay, I can think I understand what you're saying. Would you mind just, just walk me through it, just to make sure I completely understood it? And then you play it back to them again. I see. So what you're really saying is A, B, and C, and D, E, and F, if I got that right. So that's already reduced that temperature somewhat, going through that process of summarising. And then you ask them to state their remedy. So what is it that we could do that would sort this out for you? Most people are so preoccupied with moaning, they haven't really thought about what their remedy is, and often that takes the wind out of their sails, or at the very least it lowers the temperature. So um, uh, what would be your remedy is often a really good question to do to diffuse um, complaints. Um, 
I love all the mindsets you outline. Is there a way of identifying your default mindset? And once identified, how do you shift it? Okay, another good question. So um, if you go to the Close My Deal site, you'll see there's a profiler tool um, with about 30 questions that will help identify your favorite uh, mindset and also your favorite uh, behaviors. Um, you can also just ask other people how do they experience you, the people you trust, because often uh, people experience us very differently than the way we think of ourselves. So that's a good way of doing that. And, you know, if you find you've got your over-reliance on one attitude or one behaviour, just be just be aware. Just be aware of that, aware you've got options um, when the pressure comes, because it's really when we're under pressure that we tend to um, rely on our favourites uh, rather than uh, thinking about variety. And the other thing you can do is have someone with you in the negotiation on your side who um, who can um, supplement your skills based, your attitude and your behaviour with um, uh, some attitude and behaviour of their own which complements yours, which might be different and can plug the gaps that you might have. So quite a good idea to make sure that on your team there are people who give you the whole 360 degrees uh, rather than um, you know, just relying on your favorites all the time okay this is reese on facebook messenger um, i'm a freelance videographer but i'm thinking about starting my own company so i can have uh, a team um, what are the main legal implications of operating as a limited company as opposed to a sole trader that I need to think about? So it's more of a Lawbyte question. So um, you can go to Lawbyte, lawbyte.co.uk for a, a free chat with a lawyer. But broadly speaking, as a limited company, um, the, the main advantage is you have limited liability, which means that um, if something goes wrong, uh, for example, business crashes or you get sued, you're only um, responsible um, up to the value of the shares. So if you have um, uh, uh, 10 shares and they're all worth a pound each, then the maximum liability for you is 10 pounds. And that's a big protection. If you're a sole trader, um, you are responsible for the debts of the business personally. So that's the main reason people opt for a limited company, even though it's a bit more expensive and complicated to run. Okay, now we have uh, Martha on Instagram DM. We hear a lot about the importance of listening, but in a negotiation setting, what does this mean? What should I be looking out for and how should I respond? So great listening is, is really about uh, active listening. So that means showing that you're listening um, as you're going along. So um, reflecting back um, what people have just said, um, uh, not just um factually but also emotionally um you know you, you looked a bit upset when you said that tell me more about that or um uh, you look very angry when i when i mentioned my requirements there uh what was driving that um don't want to see you angry in the negotiation or you looked a bit uncomfortable um during that first phase of negotiation is there anything we can do to allay that so reflecting back feelings as well as what people have said to you is important and asking questions. Um, asking questions is um, what every great listener does. Um, they spend a lot of time asking questions and, and, and disciplining themselves not to talk. 
um, you know, in this uh, world of social media, uh, uh, we all tend to be stuck on broadcast quite a lot. And um, that's a mistake uh, when you're negotiating. So discipline yourself to listen rather than talk. Probably about a third of the time talking, two thirds listening is the way to get the best out of yourself as a negotiator. And this is uh, from Jeff on uh, Twitter DM. Keep the cards close to your chest is a bit of a cliche when it comes to negotiation. Is there a value in doing this? And how do you do it without coming across as unwilling to compromise? Well, it depends on um, who you're dealing with and what stage of negotiation you're at. <clears throat> so if you're dealing with someone difficult who's a, a user, then um, you, know, you might want to be pretty discreet about um, deploying your cards. You know, if you're dealing with someone who's a little bit more um, open and more of a fuser or someone who's confused about what's going on, it can be very, very good to disclose um, what's really going on. Um, you know, you can say, look, I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a bit confused by your behaviour. Um, uh, tell me what's really going on here, because uh, we both want to get the best outcome here um, in the shortest possible time. So sometimes it's very helpful to be um, disclosive and... Um, it's just about choosing your moments and choosing the kind of person that you're dealing with. So you make a judgment on an individual basis rather than always thinking, right, I've got to keep my cars close to my chest at all times. Um, this is Tess on Instagram DMs. I used to operate through my limited company, but now I'm employed directly. It's been a year or so. I don't think I'm going to use the company anymore. Is there any point keeping it? How would I go about wrapping it up? Um, well, uh, if you're not going to use it, um, you can uh, dissolve your company. It's pretty easy to do that. There's lots of advice available on um, Companies House, or um, you could certainly have a free chat with Lawbyte to help you do that. Um, so really just a procedural issue there, um, Tess. But bear in mind the points I made earlier on about um, being personally responsible for debts if you're a sole trader. So this is Jenny on Twitter. Uh, climate setting is so important, and I like how you frame that. Any advice for renegotiating environment? Is it best to have it in the same place or mix it up? Well, again, um, it depends how you're getting on um, in the negotiation so, and also who you're dealing with. So some people are very linear, and they like everything to be just so in the negotiation. Um, uh, so predictability is very important to them. So probably having some sort of uh, similar pattern to where you're negotiating each time, um, they would appreciate. Um, other people aren't like that. Um, they um, uh, they like uh, stimulation, uh, lots of action. Um, so you might mix it up a bit with them and uh, uh, choose a different climate, even uh, a wacky climate, um, in order to um, uh, you know, get them uh, stimulated, engaged and involved in the discussion. So it's really horses for courses on um, uh, choosing the environment of the negotiation. It depends what atmosphere you want to set yourself. You know, if you want to set a hostile atmosphere, then a, a long rectangular table with the sides arranged on all sides um, uh, is a good way of doing that. If you want a collaborative open um, uh, atmosphere, then some uh, comfy chairs are arranged in a circle might be a better way to proceed. Ishmael on Instagram, uh, what if your personality just clashes with someone else? Sounds like it's a lot of work shifting our mindsets and consistently keeping up. When the deal's important, you still want to have to see it through. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that sometimes our personalities 
um, are the problem. So if, you, if you're not able to manage your different behaviours or have someone with you on your side who can help do that, sometimes it's important to take yourself out of the environment and just delegate the negotiation to someone else and um, you know someone else who um, someone gets on better with. And there's no, no shame in that. On the contrary, it's um, a demonstration of negotiation, that skill and maturity. Then we've got Blaine on Facebook Messenger and Stacey on Twitter. I think I've got time for those two. So Blaine on Facebook Messenger, any advice for dealing with all our think ultimatums when negotiating, particularly if you still feel what's being offered won't work for your business, but are hopeful there is a way forward. Yeah, so um, so sometimes I like to test these um, kind of um, positions. So um, if someone says to me, right, if the deal's not done by five o'clock, um, there's no deal, you know, I might say to them, right, so are you saying then that if the deal's done at one minute past five, but it's a better deal for you, you don't want to do the deal? And normally they'll say something like, oh, no, no, I'm not saying that exactly. And as soon as they sort of hesitate or prevaricate, then um, then you you know they don't really mean it. And um, uh, it, it's not really an ultimatum at all. It's just a pressure tactic. So probe away at those um, pressure tactics. That's an important um, way to test whether they're real or not. And uh, finally, Stacy on Twitter, could you tell us a bit more about how Lawbikes priced? It sounds great and accessible. Um, uh, uh, I want to figure out if it's affordable for my business. So our standard rate, Stacy, is £165 an hour plus VAT. Uh, you get subscriptions at a lower price than that. Um, our lawyers are on average 15 years plus qualified. So I hope you recognise that would be a, a very competitive rate. And uh, we offer fixed price advice always. So you always know what you're paying uh, with Lawbike. Um, hi, Clive. Loads of great advice here. What's the tricky advice? Deal you've ever done. Um, oh, we're probably getting my children to go to bed on time. Um, yeah, that's always a, a tough negotiation. And uh, no matter how many deals you've done around the world, um, that's where you've got to start at the beginning every time with that. Um, we did our poll. How often do you always get everything you want when you're negotiating? No one said always. 66% um, of you said sometimes. A third of you answer never. You never get what you want when you're negotiating. Sounds like um, visit to close my deal would be uh, a good idea or maybe getting the yes book for your birthday. Right. So um, hope you've uh, all enjoyed that. Thank you all for tuning in this morning. If you want to get in touch, please send me an email on clive at lawbite.co.uk and find out more about Lawbite, visit our website at www.lawbite.co.uk. Um, coming up on RC Expert tomorrow is Jack Griffiths, co-founder of luxury loungewear company Snuggy. Uh, tune in to find out how you can leverage social media to help grow your business. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SOB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. And remember to check out the Be Your Own Boss competition on TikTok. Tomorrow is the last day to enter. So if you'd like to win £10,000 of investment in your business idea, you better be quick. Tag hashtag be your own boss to enter. So I've really enjoyed answering your questions this morning. Hope that was uh, good for you and have a great day. Thank you.